0: Well, hello, City First Church. So glad you guys are here today. Happy Sunday, right? And happy Mother's Day to all the moms who are joining us today. I know we've already talked about it. we got a special gift for you. Um, Just know that we love you very much and we celebrate you. Thank you for all the nurturing and the loving and the guiding that you do. And I also want to pause today and just acknowledge that days like today, like Mother's Day, can also hold heartache for some people. Because, you know, maybe your mom struggled to really truly show you what love was, or maybe even this year you've lost a mom. I talked with somebody just this week who lost their mom a couple months ago, and this is their first Mother's Day without their mom. We just want to say today that we're sorry, and we're praying for you, and you're in our thoughts today. Right, church? hmm You know, and I also know that there are women listening today um, who, man, there's a, a certain sting about this day because maybe that dream of motherhood hasn't come true for you yet and it's a desire of yours. Maybe your path to motherhood hasn't gone the way that you expected. Today we honor all the mom hearts that are in this place, the ones who love and nurture. Yep, you can give it up for them. Love and nurture and care in all different kinds of ways. Uh, We love you. We see you today. We acknowledge you. And for all the mom hearts in the house, we say that gift is yours as well. So be sure to grab one on your way out or download it because it's for everyone. Um, Well, we are in this series called Stranger Things where we have been focusing on the person of the holy spirit and if you've missed the last two weeks you should have some serious fomo okay because the last two messages by pastor ryan leek and pastor lisa were incredible pastor ryan talked about how the holy spirit is our helper and really explained um who the holy spirit is encourage you guys to to look at the last few weeks jump on an app or online and listen to the message and then lisa talked about how the Holy Spirit gives us power to live this life that we have to live. And how many of you could use a little help and a little power walking through this life? Or am I the only one? No, we all, yeah, we could use some help. Well today, I want us to talk about a famous passage found in scripture in the book of Galatians actually, and it's another aspect of the Holy Spirit. And it's called, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit or the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the verse is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. And it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, sorry I missed, gentleness, didn't mean to leave gentleness out, Self-control against such, there is no law. So basically what the scripture is saying is that the fruit of the spirit are these things, okay? And I don't know about you, but if you've watched the news lately, this is not the kind of fruit that I'm seeing, right? (laughs) Instead, I see things like hatred, anger, stress, cruelty, faithlessness, ruthlessness, bitterness, and self-indulgence. So I have a question for us today as we kind of dive into this idea of the fruit of the Spirit. Should the fruit of a Christian's life be different from the fruit of someone who doesn't follow Jesus? In other words, should the actions of Christians be different than the actions of non-Christians? I would say the majority of us are probably gonna say, well, yeah, of course so. Well, then I think that begs another question, why? I mean, why are we as Christ followers, people who have made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of our life, why are we supposed to live differently? Why? And I think there's two overarching reasons, there's many just listed in the Bible, but the overarching reasons I believe we are to live different are two things. First of all, scripture is clear that we are called to be salt and light. Scripture is very clear. Jesus himself is the one who said we are to be salt and light, meaning we are supposed to bring good flavor to this world and we are supposed to be a light in the darkness. No, Jesus himself was called the light of the world. And I think we can all go, oh yeah, of course, Jesus is the light of the world, but then you know what he said about us? You are the light of the world. Meaning this is that we are meant to reflect the one whom we serve. And this means that we respond with a different spirit than the world does, right? And then second of all, which I think many of us maybe have never thought about this when we've read this verse before. We're like, these are the things we got to do. These are the things we're supposed to be. Really, I think this as well is that God wants the fruit of the Spirit in our lives for our benefit. He, these things are for our benefit. He's like, I want to produce these things in you, not just so that you can be them, but they're for your benefit as well. So I mean think about it. If you had a choice between um, the following, what would you want? Would you want hate or would you want love? Stress or joy? Anxiety or peace? Anger or patience? Resentment or kindness? Corruption or goodness. Dishonesty or faithfulness. Bitterness or gentleness, selfishness, or self-control. Now when you look at these lists, let's just label them simply, the good list and the bad list. (laughs) Okay, when you look at them, I mean, what one do you want? What do you want? Because it's really our choice. I mean, I don't know about you, but I want the good list. Does anybody else want the good list? I want the good list. So if we want these things, how do we get them? How do we live with these good things in our lives? Or in other words, how is the fruit of the Spirit cultivated? Because we're talking about fruit, it has to be grown. Cultivated means grown. How is the fruit of the Spirit grown or cultivated in our lives? Well, Here's a bit of the process. You know, when you made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life and trusted Jesus to save you, that's when you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit. When you made a decision, when you said, I don't wanna live this life on my own anymore. Jesus, I believe that you are the son of God, that you died on a cross for my sins and that you rose from the dead. I believe that. And guess what? The Bible says then you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. How incredible is that? Then the Bible calls you God's temple because God's Spirit dwells in you. And as children of God, we literally possess the Spirit of God inside of us. We are never alone. God is always with us. So it is his Spirit in us that changes us. It is his Spirit in us that changes us. You know, when my oldest son, Caden, was in fourth grade, he's 22 years old now, and I am going to share this story with permission, because (laughs) that's what you do as a pastor. You ask for permission before you share stories about your kids. And he was in fourth grade, and at Christian Life School, which is the amazing school that is a part of our church, and he was sitting in Mrs. Proper's classroom. And it came time for Bible class. And she started out the class by asking her students, can anyone tell me what the following words are called in the Bible? And she began to list love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. And it was quiet. Nobody answered. She waited. And so Caden He thinks to himself, I know this. I got this. I mean, I'm a pastor's kid, for crying out loud. So he confidently raises his hand. And when called on by Mrs. Proper, he boldly declares, those are the fruit of the loom. (laughs) It's the fruit of the loom. (laughs) And Mrs. Proper, who I think she's in here today, right now in the service, she graciously said, well, you're close, Caden, you're close. (laughs) I think many of us have heard about the fruit of the Spirit before, but like Caden, we might be a little off in our thinking of what these words actually are. We might not call them the fruit of the loom. (laughs) But we might mistakenly label them as the fruit of striving to do what's right. The fruit of willpower. The fruit of trying to do good. The fruit of being perfect. The fruit of my good works. The fruit that other people have that I will never have. But can I tell you, these are misconceptions or mislabels just as wrong as the fruit of the loom. Just is wrong. So let's look at Galatians 5, and 23, but in a different version. It's called the Amplified, where it really kind of paints like a, a, a more vivid picture of what the original language of the Bible meant. And it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result, everybody say result, result of his presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy. Inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting. Amen. (laughs) Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So how did that start out again? It says, but the fruit of the Spirit, the result of his presence within us. Let's say that part together. The result of his presence within us. Now the first time that I read this version, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That can't be right. Is this saying that all of these good things are not a result of my striving, my strength, my good works, my willpower. Instead, it was saying that all of these good things, the good list, like love, joy, peace, kindness, are, listen, that word I had you repeat, the result. The result, the byproduct, the outcome of the Holy Spirit living inside of me. That seems way too easy, right? It seems way too good to be true. Come on, that can't be, right? My mama always said, if it sounds too good to be true, right, it probably is. But that's not true about this. That's not true about this, because this scripture is telling us, and we believe the word of God over what we think, over what we feel, right? This scripture is telling us that it is the Holy Spirit in our lives that produces the good. It is not us. Nudge your neighbor and say, it's not you. It's not you. And you want to know who has the hardest time believing this idea? Us Christians. Us Christians, this idea that it is up to the Holy Spirit to change us makes some of us really uncomfortable. We're like, no, 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 no. I have to do something. It's, it's, it's got to be my responsibility. Why do we fall into this? Because we so easily think that this idea that it is our good works, our striving to do these things, we think it's those things that change us that make us good, that give us right standing with God. That's what we think. We think if I keep all the rules, God is happy. If I break the rules, God is mad, right? Well, the book of Galatians where we read this scripture was a letter written from the Apostle Paul 2,000 years ago, okay, to a group of Christians who listen were having the same struggle with this thought. So what are they experiencing that made Paul write about the fruit of the Spirit? What were they experiencing? Well, before meeting Paul and becoming followers of Jesus, the Galatians practiced a mix of local and Greek customs where they would have lived in a fear of of fate, a fear of death, and a fear of the gods. Like they had to live a certain way or else bad things were going to come on their lives, and they believed this until Paul told them about Christ. And they heard about Jesus who freed them from such fears to now live a new life, a new life pleasing to the one true God. And they had been made right, listen, made right with Jesus, not because of all the things they did, but simply because of Jesus. There was to be no more Paul said, no more strict rule following. Instead, they experienced true freedom in Christ. So this is, this is what the Galatians experienced through Jesus when Paul was teaching them. And he's like, listen, and this is exactly the book. We've heard the phrase maybe before. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. That's Galatians. And so this is what the Galatians had experienced. So what happened? Well, after Paul has to take off and he's got to go take care of some other churches and he travels away, after he leaves, some, some religious people kind of come into the church and start telling them that these new Jesus followers have to start obeying certain rules. like Like, don't go and eat with the pagans. You should not be sitting down and eating with the pagans. And, and you need to be circumcised in order to be in right standing with God. And I'll let Jared talk about that at some other point, some other message. Okay, so that and these, and they, but and this is the deal. Guess what? The Galatians, after knowing that they were free in Christ, they, they kind of fall into this trap. And they buy what these religious people are selling, And then we get to Paul's response because he hears what's happening and that the Galatians are kind of like going back into the strict rule following and this is what he responds. He writes this letter to the Galatians and he says, listen, listen, I have something to tell you and this is his response. Galatians 3, 1 through 6, it says this, you crazy Galatians, (laughs) did someone put a spell on you? Have you taken leave of your senses? Something crazy has happened, for it's obvious that you no longer have the crucified Jesus in clear focus in your lives. His sacrifice on the cross was certainly set before you clearly enough, meaning you knew the message. You knew it. Let me put this question to you, Paul says. How did your new life begin? Was it by working your heads off to please God? Or was it by responding to God's message to you? Are you going to continue this craziness? For only crazy people would think they could complete by their own efforts what was begun by God. If you weren't smart enough or strong enough to begin it, how do you suppose you could perfect it? Did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing? It is not yet a total loss, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. And he finishes this passage by asking another question. Does the God who lavishly provides you with his own presence, his Holy Spirit working things in your lives you could never do for yourselves, does he do these things because of your strenuous moral striving or because you trust him To do them in you. Wow, that's crazy. Paul was saying it is not all of your strenuous moral striving that makes you good and pleases God. Instead, God, I love those words lavishly, lavishly provides His presence, the Holy Spirit, to work in you as you, what was that word? Trust Him. Trust him we trust the Holy Spirit to do the work that only the Holy Spirit can do you know sometimes we can wrongly think that the fruit of the spirit is for certain personality types <laughs> or for people that are predispositioned to the good list right we can think well I mean the fruit is for those people that are already kind of nice and joyful I mean they're just kind of wired for that right I mean I think we think this, really. We think, well, that's, there's people who are already kind of wired up for that. No, we can, we can think everybody else, right? Maybe there's other people that, that's not, they'll never kind of be that way. Or I, would not, I could never have the good list in my life because you don't know me. No, here's the deal. Are you human? Yes. Then we're all pre, predispositioned to actually the bad list. <laughs> but guess what? With the Holy Spirit... We can all be predispositioned to the good list. Now listen, I love this because guess what? Paul doesn't put parameters on the fruit of the Spirit. He doesn't. He doesn't put parameters. He doesn't say it's only for certain people. Or the fruit is only for certain places and circumstances. Right? No, it says <laughs> he doesn't give parameters, which means it's for all people and all places, and all circumstances. Do you realize that it's the apostle Paul who is writing this letter to the Galatians about love, joy, peace, patience, and we're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. He's probably the coolest guy ever and he lives this amazing life. No, you wanna know what? Paul was shipwrecked for the cause of Christ. He was stoned for the cause of Christ. He was whipped, he was jailed, he was left for dead because of the cause of Christ. And you know what? He still has the power to write the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness faithfulness, self-control, it is for us. You might think, well, my position doesn't lend itself, my job, whatever, it doesn't lend itself to the fruits of the Spirit. No, 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 there's no parameters. It's for all of us. And the Holy Spirit can work it all in us. And this is such good news. It's good news. That means it's for everyone. You know, I have here a bucket of corn seed We live in corn country up here in the north, right? So funny, a couple years ago, my friend Charlotte Gamble was here. She lives in the UK. And whenever she's come here, we've like, she loves to eat corn on the cob, okay? But she had never been here like in August. And she came in August, and I was driving, you know, her kind of through the country. And she literally pauses, and she goes, what is that? And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, what is that stuff? And she's looking at a field of corn, and I'm like, that's corn. It was so funny. She had never seen what corn looks like. See this little kernel of corn right here? Okay, this tiny little corn kernel. Guess what? When you plant this, it turns into this the thing that just baffled Charlotte. This little seed turns into a whole corn stalk. It's pretty amazing. Now, If I were to take this little tiny seed to a farmer, and I were to say, listen, Mr. Farmer, can you make this seed grow into that? Are you the one who makes this seed grow into that? Do you know what he would say? No. No. He cannot make this seed. No matter how hard he looks at this seed and goes, he can't do it. He, he would say to you, I can plant the seed, I can water the seed, I can make sure that the seed has sunlight, I can make sure that the, that the weeds and the pests are kept away from the corn so that it can grow. That's his job. That's his job to do. He, this Here's the deal. The growth is the miracle part. The growth is the miracle part, and the fruit of the Spirit is the same. The growth in us, listen, the growth in us is the miracle. Our part is to place the seed in an environment where the fruit has the ability to grow. That's our job. I've walked with Jesus for almost 30, over 30 years, and I can tell you, even with all my strenuous moral striving, I, I can't measure up. But guess what? It's my job simply to put myself in an environment where what I want to grow can grow. You know, and what I would, if I had this seed right here, this lovely corn seed, and I wanted to grow the corn behind me, Okay, and I'm like, I can't wait to have corn on the cob. All right, this fall, I cannot wait for harvest. And I to take the seed and I'm like, I am gonna, I'm just gonna, look at, I can't wait for all of this seed to grow into corn. Do you guys all wanna come over for corn on the cob? You can all come up, because I'm planting seeds right now. I'm gonna put out these seeds. And we're gonna have so much fun this fall. Harvest is gonna come. And I can't wait for us all. We'll just, we'll just grill it all out in the front out here. And then we'll just love having corn on the cob. And you would look at where I've planted this seed and it wouldn't matter if we waited a week, if we waited a month, if we waited till harvest time. Guess what is gonna happen to this seed that I just threw out here? It's just gonna say a seed, (laughs) right? It's just gonna say a seed. Nothing is going to happen to this seed. And guess, it's just gonna be sitting here, why? Why? Because this is not the right environment to grow corn. Right? There isn't soil. There isn't sunlight here. This isn't like, this. you're like, Jen, duh, this is cement. The corn seed is not gonna grow. Some of us want the fruit of the Spirit, we want the good list, but we aren't placing ourselves in an environment where it can grow. <laughs> where it can grow. <laughs> you know, can we get real here for a minute? You're like, oh no, here we go. Some of you, you want peace. You want peace in your life, but you watch the news eight hours a day. You want joy, but the people you surround yourself with are all critical and cynical. You want kindness, but you scroll through social media and you get yourself all riled up because the people on social media are not acting like the good list and you get yourself all riled up about it. You want self-control over your drinking, yet you still go to the clubs and the bar every weekend. You want love and faith to grow in your family, yet you're not planted consistently in church where those seeds are watered and cared for. Listen, environment makes perfect sense when it comes to an actual seed, correct? You think I'm ridiculous to want corn to grow off the stage. But we tend to negate the environment's importance about the most important things in life. Environment matters. So I have a couple of honest questions for us today. And I want you to write these down or take a screenshot of them. I want you to think about them this week because these are questions, honestly, they're self so, I want you to reflect on this, okay? What fruit do you want to see grow in your life? What fruit do you want to see grow in your life? Now it can be a part of the good list. It could be something else. Maybe you want health in your life. Maybe you know you're just like, I need I need I need health. I, I need health. Well then, There's some practical places that you should not place yourself, and some other environments that you should place yourself, right? So what fruit do you want to see grow in your life? And then the second question is this, what environment do you need to provide for its growth? I'm telling you what, honestly, if we could grasp this idea and we were, listen, honest with ourselves, right? If we're like this is what I wanna see grow, and this is the environment that I need to provide for its growth, things would start to shift in our lives. It really would. And I'm gonna to talk to you for like a pastor for a second, which not, shouldn't really surprise any of us because we're in church, okay? It's kind of my role. I wanna read a verse to you. It's found in Psalm 92, verses 12 and 13. And it says this, the righteous will flourish. Everybody say will, will. Will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. I see here that there's two important environments to be planted in for the growth that you desire. The first one is be planted in the house. Be planted in church. Be planted in a place of faith. The second thing is be planted in his presence. The first, be planted in the house of God and it says you will flourish. Planted means this, to be rooted. Rooted, you're not easily torn up, you're not easily moved, it means consistent. Meaning this, meaning attending once every four to eight weeks isn't going to produce the fruit that you want she just say that to me? Yes. Listen, I've turned into a plant lady recently, okay? Like the last like two years, I got over a dozen plants in my house and if I, you you would, seriously, if I were to water them once every four to eight weeks, what would happen to my plants? They'd die and my husband would be like, stop spending money on plants. You keep killing them. Right? Well, if you want to grow in your faith, you guys, again, what do you want to see grow? What do you want to see grow? Put yourself in the environment, in the places where you can grow the things, where the holy, you give the opportunity to the Holy Spirit to actually grow those things in you. You know, if you want to grow in your faith, or you don't know maybe where to start in faith, or maybe even here at City First Church, whether you're joining us online or in person, we have this thing called Growth Track. It's pretty obvious what it's about. Growth, right? And so I encourage you guys, if you don't know where to start, jump into Growth Track. That's a place where you learn how to get planted, where you can get planted, how you can be consistent. You know, it's so obviously, it's so obvious sometimes there we want to grow We have to plant ourselves. There's instructions gonna be, you know, on our website or on the app of how you can sign up. We'd love to have you be a part. You know, every single time you come to church, you go to Growth Track, you jump into a dream team, guess what you are doing? You are actually watering the things that you want to see grow. So be planted in the house. And then this be planted in His presence. Be planted in his presence. This simply means that you spend time with Jesus in prayer. You have access to as much of Jesus as you want. The Holy Spirit dwells inside of you. You have access to him all the time. Talk to him, tell him what you need. Tell him your prayers, tell him your frustrations. Talk to him, he wants to hear from you. That's how you say planted in his presence. Even simply acknowledging throughout the day that he is with you. You don't have to be in church to talk to God and you don't have to be in church for God to talk to you. Yes, it's one of the places, be planted in the house, but also be planted in his presence. Be planted in his presence, put on worship music, take time to read the scriptures. In fact, this week I wanna challenge all of us, let's read the entire book of Galatians together. And you're like, oh my gosh, I can't read an entire book. It's six pages. And it's broken down into six chapters that are like so readable in like five minutes. Can we read it together? Let's read it together. Monday through Saturday, let's read it together, okay? That's a great start. And say, Holy Spirit, talk to me as I'm reading scripture. You guys, God wants to hear from you. He wants the fruit to grow in you more than you want the fruit to grow. So put yourself in the house and put yourself in his presence and just see what happens. John chapter 15, verses four and five. You know, Paul's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, but I think he's actually taking it from a little illustration that Jesus talked about way before Paul even (laughs) acknowledged Jesus. And it was this scripture, because Jesus talked about being in his presence, and he talked about bearing fruit, and he says this, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and, in me, in, and I in him bears much fruit for otherwise apart from me that is cut off from your vital union with me, you can do what? Nothing. All of your strenuous moral striving. You can't do it. Apart from Him, you can do nothing. I love this word picture. It's a metaphor of what Paul was talking about. Jesus is the vine. We are the branch. And as long as we are connected to Him, remaining in Him, in His presence, we will bear fruit. It's what that scripture says. Not maybe, we will bear fruit. We will. You know, regarding fruit bearing in a vineyard, there is a process called grafting. It is where new seedlings that will eventually grow into branches are grafted onto existing rootstocks or vines. The grafting crew will cut the buds or seedlings to the right length and then make incisions into the vine where they then inset the bud into the trunk and tap it into place. The graft is then bound by tape to protect it and keep it secure. Diligent care of the vines is prioritized through the next growing season to support new growth and ensure that the graft is successful. Eventually, branches form and they bear fruit. This, my friends, is our process. When You can give that a hand clap. What a beautiful picture, right? What a beautiful picture. When we made Jesus the leader and the forgiver of our lives, we were grafted into his vine. And it's in this environment that the Holy Spirit does the miracle of growing the fruit. While some of us are so frustrated with this Christianity thing is because guess what? We keep popping the butt out. And then we come back eight weeks later and we pop the butt in and we're like, how come it's not growing? You gotta remain consistent, rooted, planted. I don't want you consistent and rooted and planted so I can report my numbers to somebody how many people showed up on a Sunday morning at City First Church. If you think that's our motive, then it's not. My, sorry, it's probably better comeback than that, but it's not. Listen, what do you wanna see grow? What do you wanna see grow? Plant yourself in the house. Plant yourself in the presence of God and just see what he will do. Our job is to simply stay connected to the vine. That's it and care for it. Do you see how they cared for that graft? It has to be cared for consistently. Yes, growth will take time. And everybody who's followed Jesus for any amount of time said amen growth takes time but if you will stay planted in his house and in his presence the fruit of the holy spirit love joy peace patience gentleness goodness faithfulness kindness self-control guess what they will everybody say will will grow let me pray for us heavenly father i thank you so much thank you so much for your word which is so clear god we we are so human god With all of our strenuous, moral striving, God, we cannot do this thing on our own. And so today we simply say, God, we recommit, Lord God. We recommit to this understanding that environment matters, God. You desire to do the miracle of growth in us. And it is simply our responsibility to provide the environment. So I pray this week that you would reveal to us the places we want to see grow and then how we can provide the right environment for that growth. I pray courage and strength into my friends. God, that they would know that you desire growth in them more than they even do. God, we love you. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is the gardener. And if we simply say connected to the vine, there will be growth. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are in this place today and you simply say, Jen, I've never been grafted into the vine. Like you said earlier about making Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life, you've never done that before. If you'd like to make that decision today, it is as simple yet powerful as saying a prayer. And we're gonna say a prayer together so that you can make that decision today and we're all going to pray it together so that you are not alone and if that is you today with every head bowed and every eye closed this is not for me I'm not going to embarrass you it's just simply you're going to slip up your hand to say that's me Jen I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life today it's because you're going this is my time it's my decision I see that hand up there and I know there's some that are going to be online so let's Pray this prayer together that nobody feels alone. Dear Jesus, today I choose to make you the leader and the forgiver of my life. I'm tired of living it on my own. I receive your free gift of salvation, forgiveness, and purpose, and love. In Jesus' name, We pray, and everybody said, amen.